Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. So, Paul, you know what's great about this show? Rick, we are in Vancouver. And everybody here is so nice. It's so nice, Rick, that they have actually invited us to record a show here. And, and when they asked, they said, please. I, I'm telling you, those Canadians. So we are here uh, recording this round of Bottle Talk from the Vancouver International Wine Festival We're in the giant tasting hall that it has. I'm guessing those are 30-foot tall windows. Uh, looking out over the spectacular harbor right across the way is a 4,000-foot mountain. Uh, there's whales, and uh, we've got dinosaurs right outside. It's a really... Rick, it's Rick, a, it's Rick, there are no dinosaurs. There are no di- the only dinosaur you? here is me. <laughs> <laughs> this really is a beautiful site, not just for a radio show, but for wine tasting as well. And, and the, it's the first day of March, and it is a beautiful sunny day. The water is sparkling. The sun's hitting the mountains. It's heaven. It is heaven. That's not a bad way to describe Vancouver. You know, the only uh, other thing that was a little surprising about this place is, Paul, they let us in. Well, um, they let me in. When they saw you, I thought they were going to... Was, what was that all about? They were running for the doors. They were trying to slam them. It was, luckily, I had that battering ram thing. So, <laughs> all right. We also need to say a very huge thank you to BC Food and Wine, hosted by Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson, for letting us use their equipment and maybe even most of their producers, Stu Ferguson and Mike Whittingham. Mike is running the board. He's keeping Paul from falling off his chair. He's <laughs> t- taking care of us. So, uh, Yeah, thank you, Mike. And I actually had dinner with... Um, with Anthony the other night, and we had a really nice time. So I feel like I'm at home now. Well, good, 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 good. So that means you're going to spill stuff? Uh, Mike, he said anything we wanted. So. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're here today, we are going to talk about British Columbia wine uh, and what we've been tasting for a few days. Um, we have been here for a few days, and it's actually been kind of nice. Yes, uh, we've been here long enough for people to start recognizing Rick and feeling nervous. I know. I think it's because I keep asking to see the moose. That might be the problem. So, Also today, we have some questions from uh, folks here in uh, British Columbia, uh, a couple of friends of ours who are actually from Ottawa. Ottawa will have some questions and some questions they are carrying for some Vancouverites. Um, the horrible wine writing is local and carefully crafted. Uh, we'll have some historic <laughs> history about Vancouver, wine in this area, and we'll still make fun of wine snobs because, tragically, they're here too, Paul. I've seen some. Yeah, it's sort of sad. By the way, a couple of reminders. We are still on the Capital Public Radio podcast lineup. You know, that's Sacramento's NPR station. We're adding a little international flair, Paul. I think I think it's called an international incident. That's probably true. Because, you know, we're creating here. NPR needs more international coverage. So <laughs> that's why we're here. We're also giving an international touch to our friends at Napa Broadcasting who carry the show. Napa Valley College, an institution of higher learning, and now they have an international incident. On their hands. <laughs> That's right. Yes, when the, I think they got the North Koreans headed their way too. <laughs> and don't forget to look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our handle is on all of those at Rick and Paul Wine. Go there and ask us a question or make fun of Paul anytime you'd like. There you go. So, Paul, there is so much to love about this place. Uh, one of my favorites is when you go to the wines of British Columbia. The first thing you see on their website is it says, nice to meet you. Yes, because they're very nice people. Yeah, if only they had a moose. Well, yeah, but what would make it really great is the moose holding a glass of wine. On the other hand, you took a photograph of a beaver statue last night, right? That's true. I've been taking a picture of meese. Is it more than one mooses? It's meese. Unless you're ordering a chocolate moose, in which case the plural is mooses. Not chocolates. All right. Uh, that's not getting too silly. <laughs> Chocolate's um, moose. But, but we can say there's really some great wine in British Columbia. Uh, and much of the region is going to remind people of eastern Washington. 
you know, Paul, you know this area much better than I do. Tell, describe what, what, what uh, British Columbia wine comes from. Well, most of the, uh, the, the biggest part of the industry is up in the Okanagan Valley which is the northernmost extension of the Sonora Desert. Which goes all the way to Mexico. It does. Yeah. Uh, and so what happens is you get the weather coming off the Pacific, and the weather hits the mountains, and the east side of those mountains from Mexico to Canada is dry. And so they're actually able to grow pretty darn good grapes, and that's what they do here. Yeah, it is... Um it's actually a lot dry. It is a lot like Eastern Washington, you know. And for f folks, if anyone is not familiar with Washington wines, uh, the eastern side of Washington, for all of the rain we think of in Seattle, is is really much of a desert. Um, mm -hmm. And so reds do pretty well. But uh, we've had some pretty spectacular whites around here too. Um, what are some of the grapes that uh, that you've been running into that you really liked? And well, I saw, by the way, you ran in that one cluster. You had that mark on your forehead. Yeah, I guess remember to wear dark clothes. That's right? right. That's always the secret. Yeah. But no, uh, uh, initially, I think the, oh, my goodness, they're making announcements. We are in, uh, well, as we said, we're in the tasting hall. Um, and it, it is about to open up for the trade tasting. So um, if anybody starts to hear uh, shrieks and, and, and people running for the doors, it's because they recognize us. Uh, so. Unless it's Rick, I see a couple of Mounties headed your way, uh -oh. Rick. Um, keep my head down. So um, are we back to wine? We are. Wine. Initially, they focused on whites uh, and then expanded into reds as they saw exactly how much they could get ripe. But it's uh, I've had really good wines, like California. They are still finding exactly what they do best in each region, but a lot of what they make is pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, the, the interesting thing about this festival, at least maybe for us, is that the, the feature, they have a different region featured every year. This is year uh, 41, and this year it is California. Uh, and one of the things that some of the folks that have been talking about is how California was their starting point because they knew California wines. And like so many regions, their first, you know, it's what they knew, it's what they tasted, it's what their sort of uh, object of or to imitate was. Uh, and then now they are, it's been a few years, and now they're starting to learn, you know, what does work, what doesn't work, and that sort of thing. But so I think they met you, and they said, if that's what the California wine creates, <sighs> we need to go in a new direction. It happens everywhere, Paul. It I does indeed. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Uh, uh, but actually, a couple of little factoids here. Uh, most folks in the States don't know, almost 300 wineries up mm -hmm. here, um, lots of different varietals. Uh, it's really a, a well-established wine region. It's not just starting out, and they make some really good wines. Yeah, and, you know, there are uh, there are a handful, of actually more than a handful, they're uh, just, you know, walking the hall yesterday, talking to a lot of the wineries. A lot of those wineries are distributed throughout the U.S., um, and a lot of them in California, Southern California for all our folks down there. Um, but we see they're in Northern California as well. So um, if you see British Columbia or Canada on um, on that on that list there, uh, give it a shot. And then if you don't like it, blame Paul. Did did you uh, did you taste any wine, or were you just walking from booth to booth, Rick? Um, I, the most places they pretended that uh, they were done. They looked past they you. Yes, even though it was only the first day, they kept on telling me they were out of wine. That, I, that I famous that, Canadian gaze <laughs> looking off in the distance. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> no, I did, and I have to say, one of the things, and you know, we this comes up a lot because I love Cabernet Franc, and it's not a super po uh, popular wine among winemakers in California, but. Um, I tasted some really terrific Cab Francs, and one of the things that a lot of the folks said here was that they thought, especially in the southern part, 
of the Okanagan Valley, which is right at near close to the border, um, that they thought it did really well. And mm -hmm. I certainly could have to agree. It was, yep. it was really terrific. Yeah, good. The other was Pinot Noir too. So uh, we had lo lots of uh, lots of fun and good wines here. Um, yep. And, and there are a lot of wines here. There are 160 wineries, uh, 25,000 people. In fact, I see a number of people. Oh, they look angry. Yeah. They, they, didn't, they didn't know we were going to be here. <laughs> yeah, they think they'll be pouring something like 1,500 wines. So far, I got about seven or eight to go, and I think I'm going to uh, And you them got all. them all. Yep. Yeah, yep. good for you. Yep. Bagged another one. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of uh, bagging a couple, we're going to bag a few questions here. We have got questions. and actually, Do we, we, have, do we have some help? We have some help. We could we use have, some help up here. You know, one of the great things about coming to festivals like this is we get to we see again our old friends. Well, we're old. Um, <laughs> and we not, have friends. Guys, but our friends, uh, Debbie Trenholm and Karen Wright, Wright, they are from Ottawa, but they are here in Vancouver. We met them here at the festival uh, before, and they have yet uh, to flee. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of amazing. Um, they uh, they run a company called Savvy Company, which they do creative social experiences. So they do stuff with uh, wine, craft beer, cider. Um, it sounds like a really great marketing, and they are running uh, something, uh, starting something called the Corks and Forks Kingston International Wine Festival, April twelfth to fourteenth. And I keep telling them, Rick, that if they invited you, it could be. Corks and forks and a dork. Yeah, Wes, it's true. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know where that is, by the way, Kingston is right on Lake Ontario, not so far north of Syracuse. Uh, in April, it seems like it, it's probably going to be warmer than in California, so if anybody's out that part of the world. Um, so, uh, folks, thanks for very much for being here. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's fun to see you again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and to we see do. They're nice. They're we, Canadians. I know. <laughs> we appreciate the way you lie about being fun to see us again. So, um, if our normally we take uh, reader questions uh, or email folks email and we read them, but we, you guys had some, and we're going to actually have you read uh, a couple. But the first one, uh, this one comes from Karen, that Karen Wright, who we she and I had this conversation earlier uh, in the festival. So yeah. Yeah, we were having a discussion that we keep hearing and reading some critics who say uh, Cabernet out of Napa isn't really so great. And uh, that's a little puzzling because I've had quite a few here while I'm at the show. And, well, I thought they were pretty darn delicious. So, And I noticed you bought a couple yesterday. I kind of did. Yeah. So I have a simple I answer for that, Karen. I helped actually. <laughs> yeah, you did, yes. That many. <laughs> yes. Debbie, uh, Karen had some, uh, some, a couple of bottles of wine. And, of course, uh, Paul and I being the glump men that we are. <clears throat> that we, we didn't help at all. <laughs> you kept on looking for that darn moosh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Well, I'm just going to say, if you find a wine you like and then you read the critics don't like it, you should never drink that wine again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks because for that. That was really helpful. <laughs> critics are always right. So you should never listen to your own palate because, dear God, you, you, what do you know about wine? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or, right. what, uh, or what you like. Right? Yeah. Dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's a simple question. Give us a hard one. Yeah. Oh, no, the truth good. of it is, you know, there is a thing in criticism and, you know, from my old life as a critic on other sport too, you know, Hollywood, you know, critics have a hard time liking something that's popular. And, you know, some of it is it's just, just why so many critics like our show. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> we are a hit with the critics. It is very true. The, you uh, you know, it just—it seems un—you're uncool if lots of people like what you—if you like what lots of people like, mm. and and some of it is is that you know the kinds of wines that they think that they find at a Napa Valley are the wines that they might not like, um, and so they make fun of it. Uh, but it is one of the most popular wine regions on earth, 
uh, possibly the most popular. Yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. hard to argue otherwise. And certainly, in terms of numbers and and bottle prices and everything in between, and it's what everybody uses as a benchmark. So, yeah. so clearly the critics are right, and the whole world is wrong. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's go. I'm going to be wrong with my bottle very there happily. You <laughs> if you need help with that bottle, <laughs> I know about a hundred million Americans who would be happy yes. to help you drink exactly. that bottle. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Debbie. Well, you talk about um, Napa and Sonoma and California in general being such a, a great wine region. Does any of those people know about Canada being a good wine region as well? Like, you two are here and you're loving it, but what do Americans think about Canadian wines? Where? What? Eh? First <laughs> of That's all, exactly, <laughs> not much, to be honest. Yeah, first of all, I, I would say that if you think that Rick and I are normal <laughs> Californians... Yes. That's where you're making the <laughs> first mistake. We represent nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but the answer to your question is no. I think most Californians don't have a very clear uh, perception that there's wine up here. Uh, there are a few Napa Valley winemakers who've come north mm -hmm. and uh, worked in the industry up here, uh, welcomed with open arms, we should add. And some of their fans may have tracked them up there and sort of been aware of that a little bit. But in a sense of do they do, do people in California know that uh, Canada makes wine? Probably not. Other uh, than ice wine, that seems to be their first reaction. Wine. You right. know, yeah. and uh, you know what's interesting too was last year, and we talked a lot about it last year. And um, I I heard a lot of folks that had actually people actually listened to that show. Paul, I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, and was that they were very surprised. They were really surprised not just at how much wine there was, but also the range of wine. Um, and, and we can also add the quality. So it is a little, Canada has some work to do uh, in the U.S. because I know the U.S. can be a pretty good market. There are issues, you know, for, uh, it's not easy for, especially the smaller Canadian uh, wineries to get their wine across the border, especially to someplace like Seattle for uh, the prices that a Washington wine would cost in Seattle. I suggest, right. I suggest submarines. <laughs> I was drones. I'm thinking drones. Drones, yeah. Or you know what? Amazon yep. Prime. Just <laughs> <laughs> now they got robots delivering that stuff. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll get the wine there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, another question I had is uh, at the show we've seen a few wineries that are aging the wine in bourbon barrels, whiskey barrels. Yep. Um, just curious, your thoughts on that? Do you think that's actually adding to the wine, or is it just kind of a cool marketing gimmick? It adds to the think? wine. And, and yeah. I've actually had a couple of these, including um, a Sauvignon Blanc aged in tequila bottles. Whoa, you're barrels. kidding. Um, those barrels clearly add flavor. Hmm. Uh, I think I can taste a flavor when I taste the wine. Of course, who knows, but I think I can. Yeah. But the other thing is they actually do, those barrels are saturated with the distilled spirit they've been stirring. So they actually, well, the alcohol still goes holding up a some. Well, they, they have the flavors of them still in there for sure. And, and really? not just the flavors. I think they're extracting because the ones I've had, yeah. the alcohol's gone up maybe another one, one and uh, a half uh. percent at times. Okay. Uh, so they are pretty rich, powerful wines. And... Um, uh, what I'm, what I, I am, I'm, I'm clearly aware of is th that when a, a number of companies launched those as an experiment, uh -huh. and gosh, were they surprised how quickly people gobbled those up. Oh. So clearly, there's somebody out there in the market who thinks this is totally cool. So yeah, and yeah. So, and some of those wines, um, the flavors <coughs> are uh, manipulated a bit to reflect that a little bit. But okay. what it also speaks to 
<clears throat> something Paul and I talk about a lot is how lots of people are so comfortable playing with spirits. You know, get a cocktail, ask questions, they're fun. And so when, they, that, when that bleeds over a little bit into wine, it makes it fun and approachable. And so, you know, it, it's an odd thing is that the wine, you know, the wine world is catching a little bit of that friendliness yeah. from the spirit world by using their barrels. The um, spirit world. The spirit. Not, well, <laughs> spirit now, world. that's the ghosts. Not the ghosts that you the see. The ghost of fall. Tequila Pass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but the I, actual the actual spirits there. That <laughs> once Paul starts drinking spirits, he sees spirits. It's another thing. <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing to see a lot of wineries actually experimenting with different things. Yes. You know, often I'll talk to a winemaker and they say, well, when it comes to experimenting, it's mainly with the rosé. I can really play with it. And then when I tried a wine yesterday that was aged in a uh, bourbon barrel and I was wowed by it. Nice. And uh, the winemaker was talking about how it's um, Bob from Bonterra. Was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. this is my side project, and I was like, "Oh, tell me more, tell me more." And and so he was even saying that a barrel weighs 32 pounds more after it's been um, used for bourbon. Right. There's a right. neat little fact to drop in in a conversation. Right. So does Paul. What <laughs> <laughs> 32 pounds more? He has Give a couple of drinks, <laughs> blows up. Give me 50 retains <laughs> water. Give me 55 gallons worth of bourbon and I wait. What happened with tequila, Paul? Oh, maybe let's not even go there. <laughs> Nothing yeah. good has ever started with let's have another tequila. <laughs> yes, that's right. And, and, you know, there's an interesting side note to that, too, which is that the place that they can play is often their rosé or something, the quote-unquote mm-hmm. um, non-super serious wines, which I wouldn't say that about rosés because I love rosés, but, you know, the feeling is it's like they're not going to get beat up by those critics who hate the Napa Valley wines, um, that if they do something that's not right within the wheelhouse. And so they experiment with the things that it almost makes it safe to experiment with. Mm-hmm. But you love it to see when they're experimenting with their cabs and their, their you know, the more expensive wines, and some of them are. So, or a Sauv Blanc, that was great, yeah. Very nice to see. Um, all right, so the, well, I have one more, we have one more question. This was actually from DJ Kearney, who is um, a, a, a really lovely person who I met earlier in the week and- uh, And has uh, since left town. Since left town, <laughs> it's, I don't know what, uh, that seems to happen a lot. She abandoned the <laughs> festival when she found out I was going to still be here. Um, but we started talking a bit, and she had a question. So uh, since, uh, uh, Debbie, you can at least, uh, ha- you have a little bit of a Canadian accent. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to read her question. <laughs> since she ran away and I didn't, I yes. get to read the question. And we tied you down here <laughs> so you can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, we see, um, or at least she says, that uh, there's occasionally there's these wine parasites who latch on to cool people like you and <laughs> and winemakers and say so tell me this tell me that and oh can i have a sample of this and oh what's underneath the table and we kind of call them well you can you wrote down wine parasites yeah. is that what you call them that's what that's what dj's word phrase and i loved it yeah what yeah. do you really call them though well it's well, this is uh NPR carries us, so we can't oh, actually okay, use the word. But pushing the it envelope. starts with an A, um, and then maybe some other Actually, players. I'm going to take violent exception to this, because I think a lot of those people are just really, really enthusiastic about wine. And you know what? That's okay. Well, I, I think I what uh, actually what, uh, Debbie is uh, referring to is what I call them as bloggers. Uh, and it's... Oh, people like us. Yeah. Oh, hell. <laughs> yeah. No, I, what DJ... Oh, hell, no patience at all with those jokes. Actually, what DJ was talking about, too, is not just necessarily those folks. And I agree that some of those folks really are just uh, uh, 
a superintendent, but then but then they go off and are unhappy about everybody. That's the mm-hmm. those are the folks that GJ was talking about, where you know they're, they're they don't like the wine, they don't like the place, they don't and they don't like the winemaker, and they wish they used they don't like the podcast less. Uh, well, there's the one point they have a, they have there. It's the sons of far, far <laughs> fairly fairly uh, right on target for them, um, but this and it is there's a, it's part of the. Uh, I use the phrase I always use, the sort of the cool kid syndrome, which is this idea that, um, well, on the one hand, you know, you want you want to be a part of everything. On the other hand, that the wine, there's a piece of the wine world that makes people feel that the only way they can really be cool is if they're angry and upset with everybody else. They're better than them. They like... You, you know, must make a lot of people happy, Rick. Because they're they get, I'm so easy to be upset <laughs> with. Everybody gets angry at Rick, and they say, man, I am cool now. Yes, it's true. Uh, well, and by comparison, they are. And so, you know, I think that's it's, it's totally fair. And there's this thing, you know, one of our jokes about, you know, you can always tell a wine snob, is because whatever you've liked, they don't. Mm. You know, it's they have to have a better palate than you. And it's that's the person that that DJ is talking about. And I was a little upset to hear that there's that she found them in Vancouver. In Canada, because, because Canadians so nice. are so nice. Yes. Oh, but they're getting, getting taken to the border today. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what? I'll bet, I'll bet those the wine-drinking moose, they are... Actually, I didn't even yeah. think you needed to do that. I thought you just sent them north. <laughs> That's true. No, we send them south. Yes, well, your way. <laughs> well, speaking of going south, before the show oh, starts... <laughs> Already too, too late. Too far south. Uh, it is time for some Truly horrible wine writing. See, that music travels, doesn't it, Paul? It does indeed. All right, so uh, what, uh, what, what bit of truly, truly horrible wine writing do you have? Okay, here's one. Dried flower, dried jasmine, rose petals, chamomile, and beeswax aromas with light dried herbs join thyme, marjoram, and lime balm on offer. The wine presents a bright, light, translucent, and crunchy palate Mm. with flavors combined in a textured, complex mid-palate. Some handy stone and abundant minerality flavors build into the angular finish. Well, that was was a jangular finish, Paul. Was it really a a jangular jangular finish? finish. I just thought that you couldn't type. No, no, no. It was jangular. Jangular. Uh, So, So the handy stone, I think, is the ones that you throw at me. We actually served you one the other night yes. on an oyster shell. It was lovely, by the way. <laughs> it went it went very well with now the horseradish. Almost fell for it. Now <laughs> that was an oyster with true minerality. <laughs> so this is one of those, you know, just throw all kinds of things in. But I love the repetitiveness. Is dried er, dried herbs join time marjoram and yeah time and marjoram are not apparently maybe he gets his time and marjoram fresh. So you get the dried herbs, ah. and then you get the fresh well, herbs, and lime balm. And the crunchy palate, so that must maybe that's where the stone comes in. I think, the, well, the, if you crunch up stone very, stone very often, you're going to have more than broken teeth I, in your mouth. I just want to know what a jangular finish is. I like, I like the textured, yeah. complex yeah. mid-palate. A textured textured palate. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm running my tongue all my mouth now. And abundant minerality, one of your favorite words. Textured, yes. yes. All right. Well, I have one from uh, a, a, a menu from a, a local restaurant, which we will not uh, we will not uh, say because uh, because we the don't stone get oyster was delicious, and because uh, they have lawyers and we don't. Uh, this is this is a uh, rosé of Pinot Noir. Uh, the elegant and delicate limited edition rosé Pinot Noir has been carefully crafted using traditional French method of Saint Genet. Excuse me, a beautiful dark salmon pink rosé. 
Let me say that again, because Paul <laughs> loves this. A beautiful dark salmon pink rosé. What color is it, Rick? <laughs> Every color right there. Uh, with aromas of uh, Devonshire tea, strawberries and cream, clove and nutmeg. On the palate, you will discover many layers and flavors and richness of from dark and red berries, strawberry compote, apple and rhubarb pie, and sweet spices. The wine is best enjoyed and is used when showcasing the great characteristics of vibrant floral and fruit notes. Uh, so, first thing is, uh, there were it's no floral pink. notes. It's pink. Yeah. It says well, it's pink it's right there. many kinds of pink. <laughs> I love that you're going to keep the floral notes. Uh, plus, it's got like eight different kinds of pie. I like orchard fruit. That's yeah. in the next one. It's uh, That yeah. next one has orchard fruit. Yeah, we're same we're place. It could be any one, uh, any one of those fruits. Yeah. Uh, this is the classic over just throwing things at you. Um, it's a rosé. It's a nice rosé. It's probably delicious. But the delicious. tasting note is trying way harder than the winemaker ever tried to yes, make this the, wine. Yes, the winemaker read it. He would bang his head on the wall. <laughs> However, because we are in Canada and because Canadians are so nice, we actually have a bit of good wine rating. Yes, this was we do. on a wine called, and you'll love this, Apologetic Red. It's from the Foreign Affair Winery on the uh, Niagara Peninsula. And the cover, the bottle has a moose. A moose paw. You found your moose. He has a moose, and the moose has moose. a little sign that says, sorry. Excellent. Read the label, Paul. This is great. It says, an astonishing world-class wine made by hard-working, law-abiding, polite, friendly, peace-loving, pragmatic, apologetic, grateful, and self-deprecating Canadians. Yes. So I want a bottle right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll they, have one, too. They are, they are nice, those, those <laughs> Canadians. It was, and it was, uh, it was a pretty good wine, too, I have to say. I didn't feel like uh, they needed to apologize for it. I'm just nothing to apologize. But about. the last line says, "And I'm sorry." Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. that's <laughs> people have been saying that a lot uh, when they've seen us, Paul. But they were seen to be apologizing for us, yes, not to yeah. us. So yes. All right. Well, we have uh, coming up some uh, not just a wine writing we love, but some things we love. I love you so. So, Paul, what is it we're loving today? We're loving 25,000 people at the Vancouver Wine Festival. How cool is that? Yeah. yeah they yeah. are enthusiastic. Uh, they're, I, and I love the little signs they have up that tell you, to say, Rick, here's how to behave at a wine festival. Yeah. And the other signs, that, uh, they, on the other side, says, watch out for Rick with my picture. <laughs> I, I thought that's uh, <laughs> was a know, good well, touch. Well organized. It's a nice you, touch, you yeah. But spectacular event, spectacular people. Just everybody so enthusiastic, happy, talking to winemakers, tasting wine, running away from Rick. Yeah. Well, look, this is how nice they are. BC Food and Wines letting, her, letting us use their equipment and their engineers. I mean, I'm telling you, these yeah. people. Oh, the engineers left. Yeah. He's, he's I, gone. I thought he was. I thought, and look at your fan club. They're yeah. just <laughs> right, Calm down. Calm down. That's uh, not as good a joke as what? you might think, <laughs> yes, Debbie, because people on the air can't see it. Ain't nobody in <laughs> front nobody, of the yeah. booth right well, now. Well, and the only reason is because the, actually the tasting has not officially started the trade. The doors will open in about a minute. And when it does, it's gonna get crowded in here, right in front of us, folks. It's oh yeah, sure. It'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be a devastating. All oh, the fans, really the was. adoration. It but must it be is. so hard. <laughs> uh, and it, so that's the thing, you know. For anybody ever has an, ex, an ex, wants an excuse to come to Vancouver in the end of February, they do this every year. This is really as friendly, uh, as friendly as and yet informative uh, an event as you can go to. Uh, so uh, I, I think uh, the fact that this has been its 41st year, Paul, it uh, it calls to a mind historical event. Calls to mind our maybe we got to bring out the Wayback Machine for some historic history. Months. I thought we were going to call out the trumpeters. They're coming, but okay. the Wayback Machine has to bring them. 
Thank you, guys. By the way, uh, we brought them up here. Uh, they've been killing it in the clubs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We spare no expense for our but historic everyone history. everyone keeps moment. asking where the queen is after they play. Yes. Uh, well, that's a different movie. Um, <laughs> <that's>, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, – our history is going to be somewhat obvious. It's well, you got to talk about how wine got to B.C. Yes. And, of course, it's the same story originally as how it got to California, which is the missionaries. The missionaries brought it, and they planted it, and it wasn't very good, but it got you drunk, so what's not to like? <laughs> and then it wasn't until— Wait, wait, wine gets you drunk? <laughs> Rick, <laughs> in order to understand what getting you drunk means, you have to start being sober. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to write that down as soon as I can write get, that down as find as out which end of my pen is the front. But <laughs> it's a little exactly. fuzzy right now. Yeah. <laughs> now the I remember why end. we hang out with these guys, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> the pointy end. Yes. So, um, it, so it wasn't until the 1970s, a little different because in California it was the 1850s, but the 1970s that people came to British Columbia with an eye of, hey, wait a minute. And it was actually Germans who thought it'd be really cold here. So they were the ones who got who got uh, the, the more serious wine industry started up there in the Okanagan. And then Rick showed up, and it all just all went to... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a common story. <laughs> yeah. um, and actually, the, the history of, of uh, Vancouver is, and this region is, is very much like California to, as well, almost, uh, almost mirrors it for somewhat obvious reasons. The First Nation people were here for centuries. Um, it was, and it, because of where it was, it was really untouched by uh, Europeans until the 1700s. But the rest of it really does is very much like California. The gold rush here followed the gold rush in California in the 1860s. The trains coming across the country in the, in the later 1800s, uh, world, after World War II, uh, the industrialization, and and now here in Vancouver. Um, it's high tech, and um, it's actually the third ranked uh, film area in North America after L.A. and New York. Um, it is something as a former Hollywood coverer uh, that um, lots and lots and lots of crews come up here. It's cheaper. People are nicer. Um, and L.A. has had to really start to um, add all kinds of uh, bonuses to film crews to keep them in Los Angeles. But I know they're, they shoot a couple of network shows up here and tons and tons of movies as well. And if you looked outside right now, it yep. is stunning. Yes, all kinds of cities, including Vancouver, as it turns out. And, and you went to dinner. You took a boat to dinner the other night. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were one of the things we were talking about, how uh, what a great town this is for, for food and wine. And it is. And it's also just getting around. You know, we, we've been to dinner. We walked to dinner two of the nights. Uh, and then the, I third the third night, they put Rick on a boat and told him not to come back. And he found a <laughs> restaurant. When he got off the boat, he found a restaurant over there. It was a sea bus to North Vancouver, right across the... It was adorable. And it was also filled with commuters because it was dinner time. And, and it is a bus that... It, it really is a bus. They just pile in, pile out uh, from north across uh -huh. the... About... If that might be a mile across, I sort of... I suspect and, and what did the people in North Vancouver do after you got off the... They, well, they, d they uh, disinfected you, it. They actually, put you they back did. on it and yeah. sent you no, right back were, to Vancouver. Nobody <laughs> invited you to dinner. Uh, no, I was, it was actually one of the, the wine the wine fest dinners. Uh, but you know, the, it's just all the, commu the commuters. They're all on their phones. Nobody's paying attention. And there's me, little kids, staring out the window yeah. with my nose yeah. to the, going, yeah. "This is awesome." Yeah. Um, they were. They tried not to be embarrassed for me. But and, and those dinners, which we are referring to. Really spectacular because all of the top restaurants in Vancouver work with the incoming international winemakers as well as local wineries to put on winemaker dinners. 
and they're stunning. I mean, you, you can taste some of the world's greatest wines and some of the hottest chefs in North America working together. I had a dinner the other night with a, uh, a wonderful winery from Italy who's traveled all over the world. He said it was um, among the top three wine and food pairing dinners that he'd been a part of, and he'd done wow. hundreds of them. Way so to go, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. they. Uh, I was at... Uh, you and I both had uh, exposures to the Italian council, as it turns out. I only got to hang out with the deputy council. Yeah, uh, and you well, got you're to, shorter. Yes, although he was a lovely man, and his wife and I uh, were showing each other cat pictures. Um, <laughs> Boy. But that was... A, when we, you talked about exposure, that yeah. was not what I had in mind. It was, it was, it was good, though. Uh, they, uh, and by the way, our cats both love wine. So there's that. All right. I, I think we've probably done enough damage for one ep- another episode. That is another round of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Our uh, regular producers, Devin Cortan, our normal associate producers, Jeremy Mayer. And we have to thank our guests, Karen White and Debbie Trenholm. Thank you, A reminder, oh, if anybody's anywhere near the Syracuse-ish area or con- listen to us in Canada, King Courts and Forks, Kingston International Wine Festival, April 12th to 14th. We'll link to it on our social media. And we'll even let you guys come. That would that would maybe a mistake. Uh, but, uh, it's, if Put him too, on a boat to Syracuse. You're, you're too new. Yes, yes. What you do is bring us to Syracuse, and then it'll be kind of like you know it's the way you, it's it's the uh, the candle that kills the mosquitoes. We'll be that. We'll be like that. Um, thank we'll you. call your fan club and we'll have them there waiting for you. How's that? Yeah, she's, we, she's both not available. It's our wives, and they try to avoid us as much as possible. Thank you for for, for being such good sports. We appreciate it. Um, and oh, any, it was fun. Anytime we can do the ec- anything to help you, uh, the best move might be to avoid us, but we, we do appreciate it. Uh, I thank you enormously to the Vancouver National Wine Festival for putting up with us and bringing us into especially BC Food and Wine, hosted by Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson, and their producers, Stu Ferguson and the very patient Mike Whittingham, who he left. Kept, kept Paul from ex- uh, electrocuting himself. <laughs> Mike, we really appreciate that part. Um, don't forget to look for us uh, at uh, all of our social media at Rick and Paul Wine ask us a question make a comment taste some BC wine if you learned anything today we hope it's a very simple lesson wine in British Columbia in all of Canada is pretty terrific and so is Vancouver it's so good it can even survive us which is saying something I'm Rick Cushman and I'm Paul Wagner and remember the best wines are the wines you drink with friends especially Canadian friends Paul or with us and with us